This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We're here to speak about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Lighthouse with an L, lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. Be sure to follow me on both LinkedIn and Twitter and subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel where you get all the latest content right in one place. Um, and go to our website at www.aaronkatzman.com. That's www.aaronkatzman.com. So the Tinder swindler. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a big Netflix person, but it's been all over the internet that documentary on Netflix called The Tinder Swindler, where three women described how they were defrauded by convicted con man, Simon Leviev, who was born Shimon Hayut after meeting him on a dating app. And hey, kudos to Israel. Because all oh, Shimon is Israeli. Yeah, we want to get into the action. Yeah, nothing like national pride. Nothing like nationalism with fraud to get people uh, excited. So the film um, gives like an up close and personal account of how he used Tinder um, to contact his, connect and contact his victims and swindle them out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. I saw something today, um, an article, it's all over the place, right? Like romance fraud. That's the title, Romance Fraud. It's all over the place. I think today I saw that, that people were, were frauded out of a half a billion dollars um, in 2021. Now, keep in mind, 2021, 2020, Corona, people are at home, they're lonely, they're online, they're like ripe for fraud, right? So um, what is it, right? What is Romance Fraud? Well, according to Cassandra Cross of The Conversation, she says, romance fraudsters use the guise of personal relationship to exploit their victims' trust and gain financial advantage to access private or classified information. It typically happens online through a dating website or app or social media platform. In many cases, the victim and offender never actually meet. However, as the Tinder swindler shows, it can also happen to face-to-face -to -face relationships. Romance fraudsters use a range of skillful grooming techniques, social engineering practices, and psychological abuse tactics to gain compliance from their victims. This is like scary stuff, right? Um, what happened here with the Tinder, Tinder swindler? Say that fast five times. That's like really hard, right? The Tinder swindler, what did he do? He manipulated multiple women by posing as the son of a diamond magnet, right? Lev Levi, a very famous uh, Israeli um, diamond uh, magnet, very, very wealthy person. He pretended that he was his son before claiming his family was being violently threatened and asking his victims to take out loans on his behalf to help deal with a purported security emergency. 
this is crazy stuff, right? But it happens and people fell for it. Um, each of his victims, each of his actions, excuse me, was deliberate and purposeful and is reflected across known offending patterns more broadly. Here are some typical tactics which he used, okay? And, and I think it's important for people to um, pay attention to these, these tactics because I think they're pretty commonplace. Um, create an attractive profile and identity that exudes power, wealth, and status. Two, love bomb victims with grand expressions of affection, including moving rapidly towards being a quote-unquote couple and discussing a possible future together. Three, manufacture a quote-unquote emergency that urgently requires financial help. This might be a business situation, medical problem, or criminal justice issue, such as claiming to have been arrested overseas. Another one, escalate these financial demands over time, typically by asking victims to transfer money, register credit cards, or take out bank loans, and finally threaten, abuse, or otherwise coerce the victims if they refuse. Now, you would probably think, well, I'm not going to fall for that, right? But the fact of the matter is people do, right? Because especially people who believe sort of in the, I would say, sort of romanticized belief, Hollywood um, love, right? True love, um, because they could never imagine, they mean, right? It was like magical. We met each other online and, and uh, well, we've never met, but it's like we have this magical connection and you just like fall for the other person and the person asks for money and you're more than willing to part with yours. Um, it's, it, it, it's, you know, <laughs> it's a problem. Um, one of the things I would say also is that um, until you're married, okay, they're, they're all, I'm going to get to some prevention tips, but I want to give an overriding tip first. Until you're married, I would not share a bank account, okay? I wouldn't, you know, if it's a couple bucks, I would lend money, but any kind of sizable amount of money, if, you're, if the other side is asking for it, I would say no, okay? In fact, I once wrote an, I once wrote an article about um, married couples and joint bank accounts. I, I'm a believer in that. There's some that are, there's some who are not. Um, and I got pounded on the head. People were just ripping, sending me emails right and left. Cats, when you're an idiot, cats, when you don't know anything, you know, they told the truth. <laughs> but what it really was is that there are a lot of people out there who say, you know, you got to be crazy even if you're married to have a joint bank account because if God forbid things don't work out, you can protect yourself by having that joint bank account, by having your own personal individual bank account, as opposed to being joint where the other person can be skimming money out of the account, sending it to other places that you don't know about. This way, you know, you get your salary or whatever, goes into your own account, the other person can't touch it. Now, again, that's not my belief, okay? I don't believe that. I'm a, I'm a fan, I'm a proponent of joint bank accounts once you get married, but I am a very even bigger proponent of if you're not married, no joint bank accounts. If you're not married and a decent to large sum of money is requested to be transferred to another person or pay for some kind of big expense, don't do it, okay? If you want to buy the other person coffee or buy them lunch, go for it, right? But if they say, oh, uh, we've never met, but um, there's this medical emergency that somebody's having. I need $10,000. Can you send it to me? You know, probably the answer is no. I'm sorry. Okay, so what are other some what are other tips that might be out there to prevent it from happening? Um, right, online dating, back to Cassandra. She says, online dating is fraud enough without having to worry about financial fraud. It's hard to know someone on dating app 
is really who they say they are. Now, I'll come clean also. I'm actually, in, uh, in my spare time, in my very spare time, um, I dabble in matchmaking, okay? And we have a database. And uh, on that database, you see that occasionally uh, the pictures aren't what they really are. <laughs> they look a lot better maybe than the person looks like. Their profiles they put about themselves are a lot more interesting um, than the person uh, is. Um, their job description is way more interesting than what the person actually does. So you have to be, you know, sort of, you know, buyer beware, right? When you're on, when you're playing sort of the online relationship dating game, you have to be smart to the fact that people not may not always uh, be posing as who they really are. Okay, I'm not against it. I think it's, these are great services and great ways to meet people and, and build long-lasting relationships that ultimately lead to marriage. But that being said, like everything, you have to be a bit skeptical, right? Don't just dive in head first because you could get burned, okay? Current fraud prevention advice focuses on taking a relationship into the real world as soon as you feel ready and never giving money to someone you haven't met face-to-face. But in the Tinder swindler, this advice is redundant because Leviathan, like many offenders, had curated a real-life persona that matched his digital profile, right? So nothing's foolproof, right? What I said before about being sort of skeptical and not transferring money, look, if you meet the person and they, you know, and, and it seems like they really are telling the truth, that might be different, right? You can't, nobody has 100% uh, right. But the truth is that a determined enough fraudster, I would say, can extend their online lies into the offline world. Meeting somebody in person, researching their background and doing a reverse image search on their profile picture is all good advice, but it's not foolproof, as I said. Unfortunately, ultimately, fraud is always about money. So consider the motives behind any request for financial help and never, ever send money you can't afford to lose. Okay? Like I said, I saw this thing today, $500 million. $500 million were... I don't know what the word is, scammed, frauded out of people just in, in, in the online uh, relationship, online dating uh, and app world. That's, you know, that's crazy, right? So I would say tip number one, be smart, okay? Um, I know that you, you know, everybody, nobody wants to be lonely. Everybody wants to, you know, have a relationship. Everybody wants, you know, they want to get married, but be smart that who you're talking to, if you've never met them before and they start asking for money, you know, maybe you want to slow down, right? They want to have a joint bank account, slow down, okay? It has to sound reasonable. If it doesn't sound reasonable, reasonable, if they're, you know, if they ask you again to pay for lunch, okay, right? It's not the end of the world. And if it is the end of the world and they're fraudsters and shysters, so you lost, you know, you lost a couple of bucks buying somebody lunch, not a big deal, right? It's not like losing $100,000 uh, because they had a medical emergency they needed to pay for, or they wanted to make a down payment on your dream home that you're gonna to have together when you live happily ever after, and they do it in some form, they're doing it in Croatia, they're buying something with you, and you even know how to spell Croatia because you're living in Bend, Oregon. You know what I mean? Be smart, be attentive, be attuned in. As an old teacher of mine, Rabbi Moskowitz used to say, don't let your emotions get in the way of your thought or thinking process, right? Be smart. I know it's emotional, relationships are emotional, but you have to. Keep it up here. Be rational as well. You've been turning into the Aaron Katzman Show, where we speak to you about your money, your life, and your investments. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to email me at Aaron 
A-A-R-O-N at lighthousecapital.co.il. That's Aaron at lighthousecapital.co.il. You can check me out on the web at www.aaroncanceman.com. That's www.aaroncanceman.com. Be sure to follow me both on LinkedIn and Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also give dating advice, as you see, right? But we'll sort of wrap all that up into the whole financial advice thing as well, okay? Thanks so much for tuning in and we will speak to you soon.